You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. Great to have you guys along. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. On today's show, we'll recap everything that happened this weekend over in Omaha with three SEC teams there. Some good, like Vandy's walk-off win. Some not so good, like Tennessee getting shut out. We will touch on all of it. And we will go around the conference, covering multiple football storylines, including Arch Manning visiting Bama this weekend, Ole Miss Athletics getting a facelift, and much, much more. I'm Chris Gordy. Be sure to follow Locked on SEC for free wherever you get your podcast. You'll get the latest episode as soon as it comes out, three days a week right now. We're in the offseason, but as we get closer to football season, we'll ramp back up to five days a week. All right, let's jump into it. Before we get to recapping the weekend in Omaha with Vandy, Tennessee, and Mississippi State, I want to hit on a few football nuggets first, so let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Makes the handoff. Around the conference. Ole Miss making some big upgrades to the Manning Center. That's the football program's operations facility. David Johnson of Ole Miss Spirit shared that the athletic department plans to spend around $300 million on renovations, improvements, and expansions. They say around $35 to $40 million will be spent on the Manning Center alone. Vice Chancellor Keith Carter said they've been working on plans for a big renovation to the locker room for some time. Other improvements will include the weight room facilities, new graphics, new technology, and the report also says Vaught-Hemingway Stadium will receive a facelift with a west side renovation that expects to be completed somewhere around 2026. With the NCAA's dead period on recruiting lifted, June weekends have been very busy for recruiting across the SEC. The class of 2022 is next up to sign in December and February, and Alabama's visitor this weekend Well, he won't be making a decision for quite a while, but Arch Manning was on campus in Tuscaloosa this past weekend. Of course, a SEC legacy quarterback, nephew of Peyton and Eli, grandson of Archie. Manning kicked off the month with weekend visits to Clemson and Texas. And following his Austin visit last week, Manning took in an SEC campus this this past week with a visit to LSU and then to Alabama this past weekend. According to Fox 8 in New Orleans, Manning visited LSU along with a couple of his teammates who are LSU commits. But he was able to meet uh, Tigers offense coordinator Jake Peets for the first time in person on his LSU visit. And rivals national recruiting analyst Adam Gorney recently shared his thoughts on the early leaders in Manning's recruitment. He said, if I had to take a shot right now, I would say where Arch Manning ends up, I would pick Clemson first, Alabama second, and then Texas third. So two more seasons of high school football ahead of him. Manning is already getting the attention of everybody nationally. He's rated five stars, the number one quarterback of the 2023 class. He is scheduled to visit Georgia this coming weekend. Sticking with the Bama uh, conversation earlier this offseason, Henry Toa Toa, he was the top player in the transfer portal, and Nick Saban was able to land his commitment at Alabama. While at Tennessee, Toa Toa wore the jersey number 11, but this past weekend he revealed he will switch to number 10 at Alabama. Looks a little bit like Reuben Foster in the number 10 uh, jersey at linebacker, but Toa Toa should have a major impact on Alabama's defense this year, uh, helping the Tide chase yet another SEC and national championship. 
Over at Florida, it was not all sunshine and rainbows this past weekend as their players had to run stadiums touching every step of the swamp as part of off-season workouts. Thomas Goldcamp of 24-7 Sports wrote that the stadium run was for losing to LSU at home at the end of last season. Dan Mullen put the rule in effect when he returned to Florida as head coach back in 2018. In 2019, the Gators managed a perfect home record, so they did not have to do the stadium run. But this past season, Florida fell to LSU in that shocking upset in the final home game of the year. Even players who weren't even members of the team last year had to take part in the stadium run. Grad transfer defensive lineman Antonio Shelton, who came in from Penn State, he tweeted about the run saying he couldn't feel his legs afterward. The run did serve its purpose. Redshirt freshman defensive back Kamar Wilcoxon tweeted that uh, he wanted it to be the last time he ever has to run the swamp steps again. Former Florida safety Ahmad Black tweeted out, responding to Shelton, saying Gator players used to have to run the stadium steps for every loss from the season before. So maybe a little bit softer and only having to do it for home losses. Over at Auburn, Jim Nagy of the Senior Bowl, he tweeted out over the weekend that it was special having guys from Mobile play in the Senior Bowl in Mobile, like Deshaun Davis, and said Roger McCreary from Auburn should be the next Tiger coming back to Mobile. Described him as an explosive athlete with early round talent. Said who we expect to take his game to the next level this year. McCreary tweeted it out, uh, retweeted it, and said, always been my dream to play in the Senior Bowl. So... Don't know if it's officially a commitment yet, but expect Roger McCreary likely to get a Senior Bowl invite and accept it after this season at Auburn. Over at Tennessee, departing defensive backslash wide receiver Kenny Solomon has made a transfer commitment. He tweeted out over the weekend he has pledged to Tulsa. The commitment comes nearly three weeks after it was first reported that Solomon had entered the transfer portal. He was a three-star cornerback in the class of 2019, appeared in 10 games all 10 games of Tennessee's 2020 season continue, uh, contributed primarily on special teams. Over at Texas A&M, a little bit concerned about their linebacker depth after the Aggies did not sign anyone at that spot in 2021. All they have now for 2022, Martrell Harris, a three-star recruit out of Texas, rated the number 39 linebacker in the country, reportedly had an official visit this weekend, committed to Coach Jimbo Fisher before he left, and announced it on Instagram. Harris developed a strong relationship with linebackers coach Tyler Santucci and felt that Texas A&M was the place for him. He's recovering from a collarbone injury, said he will be good to go for his senior high school season and looking to get himself in shape for the transition to college. So Martrell Harris, three-star linebacker, committing to Texas A&M. Over at Florida, they added a new member to their 2022 recruiting class on Sunday with a commitment from Shamar James. He's a six-foot three, two hundred-pound linebacker out of the Mobile area, rated the number fifteen linebacker in the country by twenty-four-seven Sports, and rated the number seven player in the state of Alabama. He was recruited by Christian Robinson. He's the second highest-rated Gator commitment for next year's class, behind fellow four-star Julian Humphrey. Or at Mississippi State, Mike Leach lost a commitment over the weekend in three-star defensive lineman Jacarius Clayton. He's a six foot six, two hundred seventy five pound defender. Been committed to the Bulldogs since June of twenty nineteen. He shared on social media uh, an announcement regarding his decommitment, coming on the heels of an official visit to Arizona State last weekend. Bulldogs now have thirteen commitments for their class of twenty twenty two. 
Over at Ole Miss, a walk-on transfer running back is now on scholarship. Ole Miss shared a video on Friday of Mark Robinson learning he is on scholarship after a team workout session. Rebel fans may remember his name from spring practice as Lane Kiffin praised Robinson, uh, his previous work on the scout team and emergence at linebacker. So Mark Robinson now on scholarship for the Ole Miss defense. And the search for LSU's next baseball coach continues on. The latest report says LSU Athletic Director Scott Woodward may be looking toward Omaha to find the next Tiger baseball skipper. Glenn Gilbo is reporting that Woodward is considering exploring his interest in Tennessee head coach Tony Vitello, Arizona coach Jay Johnson, and even Vanderbilt legendary coach Tim Corbin. All three teams are in the College World Series. And D1 Baseball reported yesterday that the LSU plane was flying out to Omaha yesterday. Other names that have been linked to the job include Ole Miss head coach Mike Bianco and ECU head coach Cliff Godwin. So we'll keep an eye on that and see when LSU decides to make an offer and make a hire for their next head baseball coach following in the footsteps of Paul Maneri, who is retiring. There you have it. That is Around the Conference. When we come back, we're going to get into recapping some of the action that was over the weekend in Omaha. A bet online is still the fastest and easiest way for you to bet on all your sports action. We got NBA playoffs almost every single night. Some big games this past weekend. Really could have made some money if you'd have jumped on some of the underdogs. Of course, the Brooklyn Nets lost at home. They got upset. You could bet on all of it at Bet Online. Baseball season is in full swing. We got games every day. Get all the latest news odds and all in all your info for your sporting news, including MLB, NBA, NHL, UFC, whatever it is. Over at Bet Online. They even have some future bets. If you feel good about a certain team winning the SEC next year, you can make a futures bet at Bet Online. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game. Head over to their website on your mobile device and sign up today. Receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKED ON. That's L O C K E D O N. Bet Online. They are your online sportsbook experts. Going along here, Locked on SEC. Tons of uh, baseball to watch and react to from over the weekend. The College World Series, of course, three SEC teams all up in Omaha. So let's jump into and recap a little bit of the action. One and two, slow roller, it's through. Jason Gonzalez will win it in the bottom of the 12th. And what a night for the nine-hole hitter. Vanderbilt, seven. Arizona, six. Well, it took 12 full innings, but Vanderbilt walked off Arizona 7-6 on Saturday night to win its opening game of the College World Series. In the bottom of the 12th, Isaiah Thomas reached on base uh, with a hit up the middle that deflected off the pitcher's hand. Parker Nolan tried to sack bunt, ended up with a base hit. And with one out, Javier Vaz walked to load the bases, and Jason Gonzalez, the nine-hole hitter, delivered. Gonzalez singled up the middle. Give the Commodores the win in extra innings. Gonzalez recorded three hits on the night, including that game winner. And the Commodores shook off some early rust from starting pitcher Kumar Rocker. Carter Young delivered a huge late-inning home run to help win the opener. Kumar Rocker's final line was five and two-thirds innings pitched. Five runs allowed, three of them earned to go with seven strikeouts. Saturday night's pitching staff for Vandy, well, they recorded history by... 
striking out 19. That's the second most strikeouts in a College World Series game all time. The only one that had more, got to go back to 1965. Ohio State recorded 20 strikeouts against Washington State. So 19 strikeouts in a game for the Vandy pitching staff. Very impressive. As we mentioned, Jason Gonzalez tied the game with a two-run home run to right center field uh, in the fourth inning in Vanderbilt. They will return to action tonight, 6 p.m. Central, 7 Eastern, against NC State as they're on the winner's side of things. One thing I did want to point out, and I guess we forget how awful it is experiencing and watching the games based on where ESPN's microphones are, but the Vandy Whistler continues to ruin the watching experience for a lot of fans out there. Brandon Walker from Barstool Sports out in Omaha was watching the games, and he tweeted out a little bit of a uh, piece he wrote. said, the Vander, Vandy Whistler ruins games. He wrote, if you don't watch the sport, you might not know the story of the Vandy Whistler, but in Vandy games, there's a guy that whistles the whole bleeping time and is annoying as hell. He said, the guy just showed up a few years ago whistling the entire game, and Vandy fans just sit there and take it all year. The ESPN guys and all the commentators are too professional and too nice to say what needs to be said. But damn it, man, stop already. And it's not something easily avoided because Vanderbilt is the top team, the top program in the country. So if you want to watch the sport, you have to watch him. I will say it was a little bit over the top. And some games you watch the SEC Network throughout the year, at times where they position the mics, you don't hear it as loudly. But Saturday night at Omaha, he must have been right near one of those mics because it was loud and you heard it the entire game. And, yeah, there's times you just got to lower the volume a little bit. Vandy Whistler. I'm not a fan, and sounds like much of the country is not. If you're a Vandy fan, you probably love him. One of the other games yesterday afternoon, the Red Hot Tennessee Volunteers, they were taking on Virginia, and some experts were worried coming into this weekend that with the ballpark in Omaha being so big, that could quiet the Vols' bats. They had a ton of home runs all year in the much smaller home stadium of Lindsey Nelson Stadium. You missed it. We talked with Ben McDonald last week, and he said he had this very concern. Here's what scares me about Tennessee. They're a home run hitting team in a very small ballpark. Mm, it's yeah. not a fair ballpark to play in. That is not a fair ballpark for pitchers. I don't care what anybody <laughs> says. Maybe it is in February when it's cold up there and the wind's blowing in, but that is not a fair ballpark. I'm just telling you. Now you all of a sudden you come to Omaha where the ballpark is much bigger and you wonder how it's going to affect Tennessee's game. So they're not going to be able to hit as many home runs. That could change Tennessee's game a little bit. And it's chapter second. Cody in the grass. And Virginia takes their first game. A 6 nothing six-hit shutout. And Virginia lefty Andrew Abbott really shut down the Vols, striking out 10 in six innings of work. Logan Michaels, he recorded three hits for the Cavaliers, playing with his dad in the stands on Father's Day, who happened to be a cancer survivor. At Tennessee, they were shut out 6 to nothing. It was the Vols' third shutout in 67 games. Virginia made some really good defensive plays as well. Felt like every time the Vols were... Maybe able to get somebody on and get something going. It was eliminated by either a great catch or a double play. Tennessee's return to the College World Series for the first time since 2005. Silent, kind of lacking that character and moxie that has defined their season all year long. Head coach Tony Vitello after the game said, I thought there were some moments where we just lacked conviction and it cost us a little bit. Uh, Vitello did address his team afterward. He said he believed the Vols were feeling a feeling instead of action.
acting too many times and at the wrong times. He said, quote, what he was, or, or Pavoloni said, quote, what he was talking about was just not buying into what you're trying to do or just not putting your soul on the line for it. So let's see if Tennessee can put their soul into it on Tuesday. They plummet into the win or go home mode, slipping into the loser's bracket. They will face the loser of the Texas-Mississippi State game and elimination game Tuesday afternoon, 1 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Eastern on ESPNU. So some good with Tennessee or some good with the Vanderbilt, some bad with Tennessee. When we return, we will recap all the action from Mississippi State taking on the Texas Longhorns. That's next. Built Bar, still the best-tasting protein bar ever. We ask you guys all the time, what's your favorite Built Bar flavor? If you haven't tried them, I encourage you to go to BuiltBar.com right now. Check out their nine delicious flavors. You might just see one and say, you know what, raspberries for me or mint brownies for me. I recommend trying the mixed box. You'll get two of each of the nine flavors, and so you can try them all. There's something for everybody. I tell you all the time, the mint brownie is my favorite. Not only are the Built Bars uh, the flavor is the best tasting, but they are healthy as well. Only 17 gra- or rather 17 grams of protein packed in there, only 130 calories, only 4 grams sugar, 4 grams net carbs. They are awesome. Nine amazing flavors, all tasty and all healthy for you. So order today and get that raspberry or mint brownie or whatever it is you like. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. And you will get 15% off your first order when you use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Today's episode brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible to go to your local chain auto parts store and find all the parts that you need. Why would you endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? Is that a four-door, two-door, extended cab? The person behind the counter, they're ordering, doing exactly what you could be doing. They're ordering the parts on their computer, choosing from the brands and the warehouse uh, that, that they work with, happens to carry those parts. You have computers at home with access to rockauto.com, even in your pocket. Save time and money when you use Rock Auto. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, sometimes even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership? Rockauto.com is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every customer, and they have everything you can need, from brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, new carpet, whatever it is, Go to rockauto.com right now. You can see all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure you're right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. It's rockauto.com. Run along here, locked on SEC. And one more game to cap off from Omaha over the weekend, the one that wrapped up last night. Mississippi State, victorious. Mississippi State. Jumps out to as good of a College World Series start as possible with a 2-1 win over number 2 Texas at TD Ameritrade Park in Omaha last night. Mississippi State pitchers Will Bednar and Landon Sims combined to strike out 21 Longhorn hitters, 
setting a college World Series record while holding Texas to just four hits and six base runners overall. We told you earlier, Vandy set a record on Saturday with the second most strikeouts. Well, that now slides down to third most as Mississippi State breaks the record for most. Uh, Bednar threw six shutout innings, struck out 15 batters, and allowed one hit, one walk, and one hit batsman. Only five pitchers ever have struck out more batters than Bednar did in a nine-inning game at the College World Series. In addition to setting the NCAA record uh, for strikeouts by one team, this game set the NCAA tournament record for most combined strikeouts with 33. The previous record was 31, and that was set in a 15-inning game in 1962. The previous record for combined strikeouts in a nine-inning game was 27, set in 2018. What does that tell you? Well, it tells you we had two really really good pitching staffs. Madden for uh, the Longhorns went six or seven innings, allowing two runs, but struck out 10, and Hanson for the Longhorns came on a relief pitch two innings and struck out two. After the game, Chris Limonis, Mississippi State head coach, said, I'm really proud of Will Bednar and Landon Sims, the way they pitched, and you have to tip your cap to Scott Foxhall, Mississippi State's pitching coach. He said, I kept telling Bednar before the game, when I saw the win, that the best thing to do was go ahead and strike him out. And he was able to do that. Seventh seed in Mississippi State, now advances to face Virginia in the College World Series winner's bracket. That'll be Tuesday night on ESPN2. And number two, Texas, face off against number three, Tennessee, in an elimination game Tuesday afternoon, 1 p.m. Central, 2 Eastern. It's uh, orange versus orange. The park will be very orange, and it is UT versus UT. As uh, folks who are Vol fans refer to their school as UT, the Longhorns do the same over in Austin, Texas. Mississippi State, they were able to scratch across two runs in last night's game. Both runners scoring in the fourth inning, a sacrifice fly, and uh, Brad Cumbus scored Luke Hancock with an RBI triple. So the winner of Tuesday's game between Mississippi State and Virginia will need just one more win to advance to the championship series. The loser will advance to an elimination game on Thursday versus the winner of Tuesday's Texas-Tennessee game. So, tip of the cap to the Mississippi State Bulldogs as they get it done. Mississippi State and Vandy, both victorious, and Tennessee falls into the loser's bracket. A lot more baseball still to be played in Omaha. We'll continue to catch you up to date on all of it throughout the week here on Locked on SEC. One more note, uh, just as we were recording this podcast, we uh, mentioned earlier that Mike Bianco kind of still in the running for the LSU baseball head coaching gig. Well, according to Ben Garrett of Ole Miss Spirit, tweeted out last night, Mike Bianco is returning as the Ole Miss head baseball coach. Keith Carter released a statement saying, Mike Bianco is our head coach, and with his contract extended to the maximum four years, We look forward to seeing him lead Ole Miss to new heights. Now, some Ole Miss fans are kind of torn on this. Some are kind of saying, look, if Bianco really wants to go on to LSU, let him. While a lot of them still uh, respect him, think he's done a great job in his 20-plus years in Oxford and want to keep him around. Some, however, can't blame him, wanted something new, something fresh, a new younger voice in the room. And Cliff Godwin is one of those guys over at ECU. 
course, he's a former assistant coach at LSU. His name is still in the running. And apparently, according to all reports, LSU will continue their search, but maybe take Mike Bianco's name out of the hat, at least for the time being, with LSU. And uh, there you go. That is today's show. Want to uh, thank all you guys for listening and subscribing. And also want to remind you, you can get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow Locked On Today on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. We'll be back on Wednesday. Catch you up on the latest. React to Tennessee versus Texas on Tuesday, as well as the other games in Omaha. We'll also bring you some more SEC football tidbits as we'll go around the conference on Wednesday. You guys have a great Monday. We'll talk to you then.